Welcome to the Bookie Corner, a podcast about the books I read and what I have to say about them. My name is Carolina, I am your hostess, and I love books so much I dedicated a whole podcast to talking about them. All my book reviews contain spoilers, unless otherwise noted, so be aware of that as you listen. Let's take a walk through these pages, shall we? Hey there, guys. Welcome back to the Bookie Corner. I am Carolina. I am your hostess, and I love Celine Dion. She's a goddess because you loved me, and my heart will go on, or two of my top favorite songs by her. I sing her songs in the shower all the time because I honestly would like to think that I sound like her. <laughs> I know it has been a really, really long time. I have been trying to take care of finals. It has been a crazy couple of weeks as I get ready to finish school for this semester. And also we've had family weddings and family staying with me and it's just been kind of a crazy time. But I'm hoping to be better about this in the next little while. I promise that I will try really, really hard to record and upload every single week. Thank you so much for being super patient with me. Today, I am talking about the book Spelled by Betsy Shaw, And the synopsis reads... Fairy tale survival rule number 32. If you find yourself at the mercy of a wicked witch, sing a romantic ballad and wait for your prince charming to save the day. Yeah, no thanks. Dorothea is completely princed out. Sure, being the crown princess of Emerald has its perks, like Glenda original ball gowns and Hans Christian Louboutin heels. But a forced marriage to the charming, no, brooding Prince Cato is so not what Dorothea had in mind for her enchanted future. Talk about unhappily ever after. Trying to fix her prince problem by wishing an accursed star royally backfires, leaving the kingdom in chaos and her parents stuck in, a, in some place called Kansas. Now it's up to Dorothea and her pickstuff prince to find the mysterious Wizard of Oz and undo the curse before it releases the wickedest witch of all and spells the end for the world of story. So my first impression of this book was that it was interesting. I personally really like a good retelling of a fairy tale. And the reason is because we tend to get really attached to the stories that we know and especially Anything that's been done by Disney, we know it a little bit differently than the Grimm Brothers way of telling stories. So I really like it when somebody can take a story and twist it in a way that will create sort of a new story and a new plot line. I didn't hate this book, but I had a few problems with it. And the reason being that there are a lot of things that were in it that just became a little bit overwhelming. So I have a few examples. I actually recorded myself reacting to a few of the chapters. So like every few chapters, I would stop either listening to it on Audible or I would uh, stop reading and then I would record myself. And a lot of my reactions were that the story just felt like it was way too fast paced. The reason I say that is because this story starts with a bang, right? It starts in the middle of the action, which is actually a really good thing. I usually enjoy a story that isn't super slow in the beginning. You're supposed to start your story where the action actually starts. So where the story or things start to change for your characters. This one sort of did that. And that was cool. That was really great. I actually chuckled a few times because it has a lot of really cute, funny bits in it. And one thing that I really liked about it was that Dorothea seemed to have a very distinct voice. She was very sarcastic and I liked that. However, 
my problem is with a lot of the things that happen in the story. So for example, in the first couple of chapters, she talks a little bit about a curse that's been placed on the women in her family and how she can't leave the palace and she has never been outside the palace walls. But then she makes a wish on a cursed star which was given to her by the main villain of this story and everything changes. So what that does is that it breaks the rules of story making so that everything is just kind of flipped upside down. Everything is different. So the princess she's supposed to be marrying that was promised her hand in marriage, his name is Cato, turns into a, chi a chimera. But she doesn't know this at the beginning because he looks like a little puppy or like a little kitty at the beginning. And then like he starts growing very rapidly after that, which that's fine. That That's totally understandable. I get it. Like, I think the premise was fine. I think, I just think that the execution was just lacking a little bit for my taste. I know of a lot of people that really love this story and that's okay. That's absolutely fine. You know, to each their own. I just feel like there were things that deserved to have a lot more attention and that deserved for the the person who wrote it to take her time actually developing certain scenes. But I felt like there was just so much thrown into the book, just so many things happening all at the same time that it became really overwhelming. I didn't even know like what was going on half the time. So for example, there is one particular place where she so Dorothea leaves the the castle after the wicked witch takes over and she goes out into the world and she gets attacked by by hell puppies or like infernal puppies or something like that and then she kind of gets away from them in that chapter then in the chapter after that then something else happens and then they get rid of it at the end of that chapter and then on the chapter after that same thing keeps happening it's almost as if there's a different plot for every single chapter and it just felt like a lot it felt like it just was too much was going on at the same time and it just kind of it got really overwhelming after a while one other thing that i noticed that i thought you know i thought it was cute in a way but then it became also really overwhelming because there was just so many instances of it is like the the, just the, the, the little things about like, for example, like the little references to other fairy tales and like little puns and things like that were really cool. I thought they were really fun at the beginning. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. Like the Hans Christian Louboutin heels and the, you know, like the, the Glinda ball gowns and the, in the castle shopping network. I thought that was really cool. The problem is that there's just too much of it. Like there's just too many references to those things. And it becomes a little bit distracting throughout the story where I was like, okay, well, I mean, had that not been in this chapter, the chapter would have remained the same. And the rule is that if you can take it out and the story remains the same, then you shouldn't put it in to begin with. One thing that I really, really did like about the story though is the the little notes at the beginning of the chapters. So like, for example, there were some of them that were really funny. So for example, she has like these little rules. Uh, the author wrote these little rules on top of it, like on the chapter heading. And she would say, for example, this one, I'm gonna read one straight from the book. It says, quote, rule number 23, if you keep a storybook villain talking long enough, they will never fail to spill all the details of their evil plan. Some might even draw you a diagram, end quote. And then it's the definitive fairy tale survival guide, volume two, villains. And I just think that's really cute. I thought that was really awesome. Most of those were really cool and I really enjoyed them. Um, and also I just felt like she focuses a lot on character. She is, it's obvious that the author is a very character driven kind of writer 
which is cool because I do the same thing, but also a writer also needs to be careful to add setting and to characterize their setting. And I felt like that was lacking a little bit. We got some description of what was happening, but we didn't get enough that I knew what world they were in or what it looked like or what was going on. A lot of times I felt that I was finding myself just being a little bit confused because I didn't know exactly where they were. And if I stopped listening at a certain point of the audiobook and then came back, sometimes I was way too confused and I had to go back to figure out where they were at that point because there's just so many things happening. Spelled is not a bad book. It really isn't. I think it's it could be really beautiful. I just feel like there were too many things happening all at the same time. So it could have used a little bit more of a rigorous editing. The book is not very long. It is 344 pages. So it's it's not crazy. It, it, you can finish it pretty easily. It took me a little while to finish reading it just because it is finals right now at school. So I had a lot going on with my own stuff and I had to write a lot of papers and a lot of short stories and put portfolios together. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to sit down and read. So that's why I bought the audiobook. Overall, I feel like the story had a lot of potential. I think it was cute in certain areas. I just feel like a lot of the relationships weren't really developed to my personal liking. I feel like I'm also a very character-driven reader, but I also need a little bit more dimension to the characters. Toward the end of this book, she did change a little bit. Dorothea, you could tell that there was a change in her. And that was really cool to see an, an arc like that. But I feel like it's just gonna, it's kind of going to spread throughout all three of the books. There are three books in the series. Because all three other stories are going to follow Dorothea and it is in first person, like that character arc, you're going to see it throughout all three of the books. Which is fine. Uh, a lot of writers do that. But I just feel like her character just wasn't developed enough for me. I feel like there was a lot of sensory detail that was missing from these books to make me feel like I was immersed into this world in a way that I didn't want to come out. Okay, so now that I am finished with the more detailed kind of analysis on this book, I also wanted to include some of the reactions that I had as I was reading. I recorded all of these in my car. The audio will be a little bit different on them. So let me know what you think about the audio and how it sounds to you. If you can understand what I'm saying, if it's just too loud or if you do not like the idea of me posting this on here, I would be happy to take them off and not do it again. But I thought it would be a good idea because there's nothing like reacting to something real time and actually sharing that as you're reading with everybody and this is the best way that I could do it for you guys since this is a weekly podcast or kind of like a weekly podcast since it's been a couple weeks since I posted um, but I am going to include these after this clip let me know what you think and I will talk to you guys next time bye so from the start of spelled I really love one of the quotes right away on the first page it says rule number 17 to rescue a princess from magical imprisonment a handsome prince must first slay the dragon if one is not available a large iguana will do in a pinch and i just think that's really clever i really like that it says definitive fairy tale survival guide volume one and that, that's just really fun so i'm really excited to get into this book it seems like it's going to be really fun as soon as i read the back at the bookstore. I was actually buying Good Omens at the bookstore and I saw this one and I was like, oh, that's a really pretty cover. And I'm obviously like, ooh, shiny, you know, and just pick it up. And I read the, the back of it and I was really intrigued right away. So I bought it. So I'm really excited to get into it. I will keep recording as I go. Okay, so continuing reading, 
misspelled. I I don't know. There was something about Dorothea, the main character, that I just... I'm not sure if I like it or not. She seems to be a little bit of a spitfire and kind of like the kind of girl that knows what she wants. But at the same time, she comes across as extremely arrogant. And I am still not sure if it's written that way on purpose or if it's not on purpose. So, I mean, I'm still at the beginning of the book. I'm page 31. So I I can't know for sure yet until I reach at least the midway point. But I don't know. There's just something about her that I'm not loving at the moment. So let's hope it changes. So far, the story is fun. It's it's good. I mean, it's good enough so far. I, again, I'm page 31. So I don't know for sure. But what I've read, I have liked except for Dorothea and her attitude, which kind of makes me want to smack her because she's really arrogant and just really disrespectful. And I really hope that this was done on purpose so that she can have a good character arc later. Really great quote on Spelled. So this is when Dorothea finds out that she is about to marry someone and she didn't even know that she was engaged. And she says, maybe I have no interest in getting married to anyone ever. I mean, look how well yours turned out. You do everything she tells you and then go hunting for weeks to hide while we're stuck in this gilded cage. No thanks. If I want to boss someone around, I'll get a dog. One thing that I like a lot about Spelled is that the voice of the narrator is really distinct. So it's not getting confused with anything else or with anyone else. And I really like that. I It is written in first person um, on the point of view of Dorothea. Um, so it is a little bit limited, but I feel like her voice is distinct and it is funny. It has some cheesy moments but for the most part I'm enjoying it okay so there is something really interesting that this book does and I wanted to read a little bit of dialogue that I see here so this is when Kato as a little furry creature has eaten like a teeny tiny wooden person I guess um, which we don't know there's not much description going on here so I am not entirely sure what the creature looks like but he has spit out this creature and the creature is not happy and it says big footed booby good for glam giants picks yourselves off to the ever after and fim famed your dwarf dunged and then it trails off i think it's clever that she changed around swear words so that they're not actually swear words for your average reader but I think that it's a little distracting. It is a lot. Like, we see this a lot throughout the first 62 pages. And it's just getting to the point where I kind of stop for a second and wonder what word the author was replacing. Because it is just, it's it's too much, I think. I think it's it's clever, but it's it's a lot. And I feel like if she had pulled back just a little bit, maybe it would have been nice. Like, she doesn't even say hell unless she's describing hell itself and I understand why she would do it but it's like if in your world there's already a hell then why wouldn't they use hell as a bad word I, that's kind of where I'm at with that one I I I don't know how I feel I guess like I like it but I don't at the same time one thing that I have also noticed with this book is that some of the descriptions of people and places are a little bit underdeveloped. I feel like it 
could be expanded a little bit more so that it gives the reader more of an image of what's going on. I think it's good, but it could be absolutely great and amazing because I feel like this world is really interesting already. And the fact that the descriptions, especially of creatures, is so underdeveloped, it kind of takes away from the experience of being in a world that is so unique. Um, one great example of that is on about on page 65 or 66, um, the the queen of the twig barky creature things that Cato almost ate. Um, it, you know, it's described for just a second, but you don't really get a full image of what this queen looks like. So then it says, you know, without any pleasantries, the queen folded into herself, her arms becoming twigs, her dress reforming into bark. But before this, I didn't necessarily get the idea that she had become like a person. Okay, so I am about to start chapter 13. And okay, so again, it's it's going to be a lot of the same comments here because this book, it's every chapter, it's something different that they're fighting. And it just seems like so much. Like, I'm, I'm finding, it, finding it a little bit hard to keep up at this point. I had to buy the audiobook because the I, I, I honestly don't have a lot of time to sit down and read, which is, I mean, what I love to do the most. And um, so I've been listening to it. And I mean, I've listened to like three chapters on audiobook at this point. I'm like, oh my gosh. Again, it's like something different every single time and you just don't know what's going on. And it gets a little bit confusing after a while. I am sort of enjoying it because it's unique enough for me to be like, okay, cool. Like the, this story is kind of fun, but it's also a lot of the scenes feel a little bit underdeveloped because they're just going so quickly and they're finding, they're kind of running away from whatever obstacle they're coming across really quickly so it doesn't give me a lot of time to actually connect to what the situation is on chapter 15 now it seems like the actual like plot has really started the book seems to have slowed down quite a lot which I really like because there's not a whole ton of things happening all at the same time it almost feels like if the book hadn't had the previous like 13 chapters or so it would have stayed about the same as it is now but it feels like the the plot is actually doing things that will advance it and it's there's a lot of character development which is really cool and I really I'm enjoying it a lot more now that I reached this part of the book than I had before I am currently on chapter 21 and this is right after Cato tells Dot that she needs to defeat the White Witch so Bob, who is Cato's advisor or something like that, maybe I missed something, I don't know, says that, oh, I already have seen him grow from spending time with you, but I'm like, they haven't spent that much time together. I feel like this is just like your typical kind of like insta-romancy type of story, even though like it wasn't insta-romance, they didn't like each other in the beginning, or at least Dot didn't like him. Um, I feel like that's just way too soon to say something like that. And I feel like, again, the plot just moves way too quickly. I feel like there's a lot of like, like a lot of things in the story that do not like deserve for the scenes to be longer. And they're just not. And it feels like things are being rushed a lot. And that line specifically kind of bothered me because I'm like, but they haven't spent that much time together. 
and how how has he grown already is he in love with her like because that's what they're getting at and i'm like they haven't gotten to know each other very much so how is it that now he's in love with her it's just a very tired trope honestly i am on chapter 23 right now and okay so this is one thing that i noticed from the beginning and i didn't want to comment on it because I didn't know for sure if maybe I was incorrect or what was going on but the way that they use pixed like that pixing fairy or I'm pixed or or things like that right like we are pixed like all three of those things sound different don't they like they sound like they're a different word being replaced by pixed so it's inconsistent the way that it's being used and it's kind of bothering me and I mean it's a clever way of not swearing in the story which I appreciate that I think it's it's okay it's not necessary for there to be profanity but I feel like if you're going to do that you should have a word for every single word that you're replacing does that make sense so like if you're gonna say like we're completely pixed like we get what you're trying to say it's like we're completely screwed but the other word right not screwed (laughs) and like if you're gonna say like that pissed me off it's like basically saying it's pissing me off but it's being the word is being used for both instances of profanity right like for two completely different terms i just finished chapter 26 which is when dorothea has the memory problems and when she is about to marry the wizard of is and things are really weird i don't quite understand what's going on this chapter was compelling and it was really interesting i think what the theme of it worked really well but the problem is that it's just way too short it's like she loses her memory and then within two chapters she regains it and she's like i remembered everything and i'm like okay well yeah but like it hasn't been that long I just don't understand why there needs to be a different thing that happens to her in every single chapter it almost feels like there's just too much going on I feel like there needed to be a little bit more of a focus as far as what was happening to her to keep the story a little bit more concise I guess I feel like there's just too much going on This episode of The Bookie Corner was recorded, edited, and produced by Carolina Castle. If you like what you heard, subscribe, rate, and review, and tell your bookie friends about it. Follow me on social media. I am The Bookie Corner on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thank you for joining me today, and I will talk to you next time.